Greetings, everyone, and welcome to WriteBrain, a podcast about writing and crowdfunded publishing. Welcome to the WriteBrain podcast, your podcast about crowdfunded publishing, writing, and sometimes we review Inc. Shares projects. I am JF Dubo. Sometimes. <laughs> I am uh, one of your hosts. The other host is Paul Inman. Paul, how are you doing? I am doing great. How are you? I'm not not good. I'm realizing that I'm really not, not I'm not doing a good job with the introduction. What I should say is I am your host, Jeff Dubo, author of The Life Engineered. There you go. And my co-host with me, as always, is Paul Edmund, author of Ageless. And then right. I ask you how you're doing. That is a perfect intro. So let's uh we'll, we'll shoot for that next time, maybe. Exactly. But uh <laughs> it's just I'm a doing work well. in progress. Yeah, I am doing very well. Um, you know. You're probably doing pretty well. Uh, yesterday, I saw that you posted a, a link to um, examiner.com interview. Okay. Well, do you want me to go through my weekend? Because it's been yeah. a pretty crazy weekend as far as books are concerned. Yeah, absolutely. What did you, what, what do you got? What happened? It's okay. Well, let, let's, on Friday evening, I was getting a few notifications of that I was selling books to complete strangers, uh, selling copies of The Life Engineered. Mm-hmm. I'm like patting myself on the back going, yeah, that's good. That's awesome. I'm I'm the best. Yay. Yay me. <laughs> yeah. So that is awesome. You're correct. And I love that feeling <laughs> when you just, you get up in the morning, you're like, whoa, I sold some books. And you're like, yeah. That was over dinner. And here, here's the problem. Oh. Like, I'm having dinner with my with my family and I, I'm getting these notifications. Like once in a while when no one's paying attention, I'm looking at my phone. Like, oh, look, I, saw, I sold a book. Yay. And, you know, try not to be uh, one of those jerks that pulls out his phone at dinner, but I'm like, when it's uh, when it's book related, I get very curious. But I mean, sales for Life Engineered has been okay, but they haven't been like amazing. Like we're not, I'm not selling like 20 books a day. So when I get right. four books sold in a period of 20 minutes, I have to ask my squ- myself the question as a marketing guy: What's happening? Right. Because there, there's always something happening, and I want, I want to know what it is, so that if it's something that I can encourage. To encourage it, if it's something that can be repeated in the future, to be able to repeat it, and basically, like I don't want there to be activities, activity in book sales that I am not participating in. So as soon as dinner is over, I'm trying to figure out what goes on. So my first move is let's go to Twitter. Let's see if any of these people tweeted about the purchase, as you're prompted to do after you buy a book on on uh, on Inkshares. And what I see is that someone is saying, hey, there's an article about Sword and Laser on io9. That is and awesome. I'm a, I, I read io9 every day. It's, so do I, actually. So do I. <clears throat> Sorry. It's, a, it's, it's where I get a lot of my sci-fi and entertainment news. Not always super accurate, but always entertaining. Uh, it's well, you know, it's that's every website. Exactly. Almost, it's, you know. it's the Internet. So and Gawker and Gawker related or adjacent websites are are more notorious than others for that but still an article on there's there was an article on io9 that was speaking about talking about uh specifically about the life engineered they were talking about how sword and laser was publishing a sci-fi book which seemed to since io9's specialty is science fiction and science and science fiction related entertainments it's completely their wheelhouse so there was already a couple, couple of comments on on the website. Uh, Veronica was always already uh, fielding some questions, but obviously, as as the author of the book that gets mentioned, I decided to uh, to 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 pipe in. Very polite conversation, which is a refreshing situation on the internet. 
<laughs> and it was it was just a very positive experience and probably I, I I don't know if it is, but I'm assuming it's part of uh, of Inkshare's media outreach to go to io9 and say, hey, we're publishing this sci-fi book. Do you want to uh, talk about it? And that that made news. Now, here's a, here's a, the tricky part. As a guy who does marketing, I also know that Friday evening is one of the worst possible times to post anything on the internet if you want attention. So I'm like, yay, io9, ah, oh, Friday evening. But still, you know, I, I, gift horse, mouse, I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain. I'm very happy about this situation. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and, uh, you know, all of us, you know, would definitely share that news if we were on the internet on a Friday night, but you know, we're not. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, of course I reached, uh, retweeted and you know I'm excited for you. That is amazing. Yeah, it was, very cool thing. It was cool, and it's 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 cool not just for the uh, the being on io9 or the uh, you know the the, the the few book the handful of book sales that I brought up, but it's also cool because it gets me to engage new people and like see who's interested in in either because obviously a lot of people were more interested in what sword and lasers position was on that but a lot of some some people were curious about the book itself and that's a level of engagement that's very entertain interesting for an aspiring author yeah oh yeah so you also this weekend uh just last night as a matter of fact i mm -hmm. guess that's not this weekend for us no wait what's today oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, it we're is Monday, this weekend we're wow Monday. man <laughs> Wow. Ladies and I'm gentlemen, having... the dear listeners, we're recording on a Monday evening. <laughs> so yes, yesterday was the weekend. So I saw that you uh, posted something else um, yes. about the new Sword and Laser Contest Part 2. The son of Sword and Laser, as glorious Derek Adams put it. <laughs> exactly. Well, actually, what, what happened is last week, and I like I, I don't talk about these things until they actually materialized. Mm -hmm. um, we were... Uh, Derek, myself, and uh, Jim McDaniel, the author of An Attractive Vampire, were contacted by Matt, uh, by Avalon uh, and Matt from Inkshares, to and put in contact with a um, with a journalist from the Examiner. Um, just, I'm digging up her name because I'm know I'm gonna make it sit wrong. Um, uh, yeah, it starts with an A. I do remember that because I, know, I, know. I, I read it. <laughs> I'm terrible. It's, it's so so many things happen all during the entire the, the same weekend, and now I'm I'm easily confused by things. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know. Is that a terrible thing? It might not be. I wish that I had. Uh... All right, Siri. I'm trying to bring it up on my phone, and Siri is yelling I mean, at I'll, me. I'll just. <laughs> I, it's uh, Alicia Smock or Smoke. I God. I'm see. I'm that's why I didn't want to remember it because it's it's one of those names I don't know how to pronounce which is pretty much 80% of names. But anyways, um, <laughs> Avalon and, and Matt put in, put in contact with Alicia, who uh, who was writing a piece on the sequel to the Sword and Laser contest, which you and I both participated in. And she wanted to, she had a few questions to ask the uh, the winners and the, 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 the members of the illustrious Sword and Laser collection. So we, she sent us a list of questions, which we answered, and she used those answers to to create the article that you can read on the Examiner, and that again, something cool that happened. So yeah, and you know, go ahead, sir. It's been it's been a busy weekend. Yeah, I was just gonna say uh, it's a really really good article, and you know what, JF, when you post this on your on your site, by the way, if you didn't know, you can get this on iTunes, um, but it's also over on jfdubo.com. Um, when you post it, do you think you post a link? 
to to that to uh, what the to the um, article. Oh yes, absolutely. I will. I'll, I'll, I'm, I should probably look at actually sending a, a newsletter to my readers to inform them of the the, the, the two articles, even though the the IO one IO nine one is fairly short, but still, like, just keep my readers aware of what the the media outreach is and what's going on. It's it's interesting content. So, and our listeners here, if you're interested, it was a uh, honestly both of the articles were very good. Um, the Examiner article is pretty in depth. It, it was pretty long. I was really surprised how long it is. It like, is, wow. and I'm 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 super happy with what like which which quotes she picked up from the uh, from the answers I gave. Uh, actually, I, I don't I don't know if I want to speak out of turn, but Avalon actually commented that there was one passage of what I said that she really liked. So that's that's always nice to hear. Well, you know, our whole goal is for Avalon to be impressed. You know, so. Well, she's uh, she's our marketing manager at. Uh, she is. So she's she, amazing. She, I want her to be impressed because if she's impressed, she'll be able to uh, impress others with what we do. And you're right. And, you know, she is she really is amazing. And, you know, I'm glad to be working with her. And I'm sure that you are, too, as well as everyone else who is at InkShares. Um, I am glad you're glad. We're all glad, I think. Exactly. That we have this opportunity to um, to do the things that we like to do, which is, you know, sit indoors alone at a computer and you, create worlds. You make it sound like it's a bad thing. I, I did that on purpose. You know, obviously, I'm just kidding. Um you know, so uh, let me, I'll just give you a quick update on where Ageless is because I actually have something to update this time. So I want to, to well, you had give the, you. Well, you had the cover last week. Last week if, I, I did have the cover. You're right. You're right. Uh, I actually forgot, not forgot that I had the cover, but I forgot that that was last week's episode. But uh, this week, um, I actually got my line edits back, my copy edits. And I am very, very, very excited because they are amazing like the person who helped me out and you know i can't remember her name right now because she's a new person to me so i'm not i can't remember right off the top of my head but she did a fantastic job and i'm about a hundred and something pages through it and i just got them um this is monday i got them maybe last thursday so and i'm very busy as i say every single podcast so um i spent most of this weekend actually rehearsing for um some holiday shows that i'm in next weekend so uh, I got to work on it a little bit and I, I've just been very, very impressed and it's so thorough and I really, really, really appreciate that because it's just making everything better, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I gotta have them in by next, by the time, this time next week, next Monday, they have to be in. So I'm going to be really trying to get them done. Although, like I said, I'm rehearsing for shows that I'm in this coming weekend. We're doing, I'm, I'm in four shows. I, I, I play the guitar as well as, um, you know, teach chorus, but I play the guitar for, um, I'm going to be playing for some holiday shows this coming weekend. And long story short, I don't know when I'm going to have time to, uh, do everything that I need to do between now and next Monday, but I will make it work. I will lose sleep and I will be tired like I already am. Well, you know, sleep is the first thing that has to go. One that's right. Th- for, for, for our uh, listeners' benefit, though, one of the things that's interesting about these line edits, and I don't know if you went through the same thing. When I got the line edits, I expected a very mechanical approach to it. Mm-hmm. Very much, you know, this 
wrong word. This is spelled wrong. Comma. There's too many commas. There's not enough commas. Why is there a semicolon there? And what I enjoyed and surprised me about the, the copy edits that, yes, there is obviously mostly that, but there are also a lot more, um, a lot of deeper questions about choices of words. And yeah. And it's it's a part of the process that I felt really Im- helped improve the quality of the writing, the quality of the story. The same with the dev edits, help with the flow and the pacing and making sure there's like no consistency errors. The I, I where I expected copy edit to be mostly like syntax, grammar, punctuation, and a lot of boring stuff. It's really helped me choose the right turn of phrase and the right words and make the text richer than I had originally made it which was really cool. So if, if the life engineered sounds really smart to you, it's not because I made it that way. (laughs) That's not true. That's not true. I mean, you had to, you know, as the creator of, of any of this stuff, we obviously are the beginning point. And then we just have a little help to get to the end point. And you know what? A little help is, is not giving them credit because they are very, I mean, having this process done to me, I'm like, really really impressed with how thorough everything has been from girl friday um productions uh and in case you don't know like if you haven't heard us say it before they are they work with ink shares to do the the this end of the of the deal here with the editing and the putting the actual book together where ink shares is more um marketing and uh publication so uh you know something else that i got that was really cool and i'm not sure that you got this uh, I would I would think that you may have, but I got this thing called a style sheet for Ageless, and I didn't know that I was going to get this. Um, I, by the way, I did I did get the style sheet, and then I immediately copied and pasted into another document because I don't know if your uh, copy editor did as good a job as mine, but mine basically created a lexicon for me to use when working on my sequels. Uh, you know what? That's exactly what this. I mean, it's like fifteen pages long or something, and it's amazing. I w- I like got this. I opened this part of it like right after I opened the actual um, manuscript, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, look at this thing!" And it, I mean, it's got uh, it's got notes on grammar, like uh, uh, like problems that I personally have. You know, like for mm-hmm. example, you know, occasional fragments and comma splices. You know, um, and then. There's exceptions to the standard rules, like when you have, for for example, when someone is loud and yelling and screaming, I capitalized all the words, kind of like you would do online, you know what I'm saying? Um, and they said, this this an exception because this is the style that the, the author is writing in. But even more than that, it goes even more in depth. Um, it talks about, well, it talks about uh, I got a, a, an entire word list, you know, of like, I, I, I don't know where these, I mean, obviously I wrote these words in, but I don't know where these words actually, uh, like this word list came from. I mean, they're just, to me, they seem like a random list of words that I have in the manuscript, but it's like four pages worth of like just a word list. I, I don't know. But well, I was like um, surprised by all the different uh, pronouns and and things that I use. Like, for example, I used... um uh hitler hitler one time because you know my my book t- takes place a little bit in world no, war II. I mean, everybody uses hitler at least everybody in every book, everybody, right I everybody mean. yeah sure 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 they do and uh i used um high fidelity not everybody uses high fidelity so i used high fidelity for example and that's part of the word list you know what i mean and it's it's just interesting and then they broke down the entire 
all the characters. They broke down all the characters. Here's all the characters in your book with their um, attributes uh, for most of the main characters. And then at least a list of the rest of the characters um, and breaking them down into minor characters. And I even have some uh, on uh, sections that are online, I guess. So these people don't have actual names. They just have screen names. So um, they even broke it down to that deep. Then they did a timeline. I mean, I just couldn't believe all this. The style sheet is really, really, really thorough. And they did um, a small synopsis of each individual chapter, a summary of each chapter. I, I couldn't believe that. That was really cool. Yeah, I got the same thing. And I, my, my initial reaction, and I hope this is not too offensive, was to ask myself, is, is, is she autistic? I mean, the, the amount of detail, like, because I, I, I understand why it's done that way so that the, uh, the editor can actually keep track of the changes that she's doing. And, you know, the whole point of a style sheet is that. But I don't know how, if she realizes how useful that document is going to be for me working forward on the sequel to, to Life Engineered because now, I, I mean, this is an exercise. I'm still probably going to do it, but half the work is done for me. But I had plans of going through the book with a notebook at the side and just taking notes of every character and, mm-hmm. you know, basically updating all my character uh bio bio sheets and to make sure that everything was like coherent made sense and i had all that material handy for when i was going to write uh do the uh the the second draft on the on the sequel but looking forward i mean this saves me a lot of work it's insane so yeah copy edits uh well a lot more a lot more to them than uh than i had expected originally absolutely and you know like i said i didn't even know i was getting a style sheet i didn't i had no idea and it came and i was like what is this because it was just labeled like um uh with my name and it and uh and the name of the book and then just st and i was like i don't know what that is so i opened it i didn't have any clue and i was like whoa what is this i didn't know because essentially for the readers we, we receive um three files you receive the basically a a copy of your manuscript that's got all the comments and notes that you need to basically approve and uh, approve or not approve. And then there's another uh, document in which you have two tables, one where you sort of, I think one of them where you approve uh, any comment or changes that you disagree with, another one where you answer questions. At least that's the way mine was formatted. But then there's that third file that I didn't know what it was, same as you, that turned out to be a style sheet which turned out to be one of the most interesting document to, yeah. to, to come from, uh, from the editors. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you know, that's kind of like what, what we're doing here. We want to kind of, we want you to take this journey with us. I mean, I guess at least that's the way I see what we're doing here. <laughs> um, no, well, no, it's, it's, it's both a way for us to sort of compare notes, which yeah. is cool because our experiences may differ, but mm-hmm. also for any of the listeners so that they can see, what to expect if they do publish with InkShares. And what's interesting and what I'm hoping to see in the future also is that generate some some uh, some conversation with people that have maybe published in different formats or different type, types of publishers to see what differs from their side of the industry. So I it, the whole idea is just to put the information out there, get some feedback. And anyways, it's it's a journey. Yeah, it is. And speaking of a journey, I think that it's time for us to journey into our next segment and uh, talk Smooth. about some inks. <laughs> I know, talk about some ink shares book. Look, I'm getting better at this transition thing, you know. So, um, 
talk about some Ink Shares books. So this week we have brought you two. That's right, two fantasy. Is that what we're on this week? I think so. Fantasy. On, I hope so. I hope so too. Because I, I have to. I have to spin mine, my choice into <laughs> a uh, into a sci-fi uh, concept, and it's going to be very difficult. Well, you just put it in space, you know. Sure. <laughs> or in the future, we'll just put it in the future, right? <laughs> eh. All right. So you want to go? You want to go ahead? Uh, sure. I'll go first. Um, so I picked this week the book Captain by Artie. So I'm going to mess this up. Seavers? Seavers, yes, I think that's right. Seavers. Artie Seavers. Captain, it more or less is the story of Captain Hook's life. Pre, uh, pre what we already know. Building up to that, I guess. So um, I'll read the, uh, I'll read a little bit here for you. The little um, hook at the top, little <laughs> funny pun, right? The little hook at the top. Anyway, exposed. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, see what I did there? Exposing the human journey behind the well-known story of Peter Pan, Captain takes us on an, ad- on an adventure to learn the real facts behind the rise of James Hook and to decide for ourselves who really is the villain of the tale. So um, I chose this particular book because I think this would be an interesting read. Uh, you know, lately, um, lately that seems like there's been kind of a lot of these retelling um the spinning of uh you know characters who already kind of exist sort of like uh the movie with angelina jolie what Mel- maleficent maleficent yeah maleficent uh <clears throat> well just jana grace's um uh, was it war for oz is, yeah the is battle in, in the same battle for oz i'm sorry is, is in the same vein of basically taking a classic tale looking at it from a different point of view a different angle and a different character uh, yeah, and you know, um, I don't necessarily mind that. I like, I I don't mind it as long as it's well done. But it's yeah, one it's of these well things done. that can. I mean, I think I think the whole trend really took off with Wicked. Yeah, and have you seen that? By the way, I have not, but I've oh, heard man, so good. many good things. It's very good. Anyway, the, what I basically it's one of these things that can very easily become the lazy man's solution to character creating stories. And I, I don't think we're at that point yet. We're not, we're not at twilight vampire levels. So <laughs> no, I'm still, no. I'm still glad to see these things appear like the idea. And I, I love Peter Pan. I love the idea of a, a book that's based on, Ca- on captain hook and the background story that goes with that. So I'm, I mean, I was, I think I was one of the very first people who actually backed Captain because I saw it pop up in the news uh, newsletter and someone recommended it to me. Yep. And I, I I was one of the first people too, and definitely top ten easily. Um, so, anyways, so I'm I, I jumped on that one very very quickly. Yeah, so uh, let's dive in a little bit further here. If you go down a little, if you scroll down his um, campaign page, uh, for those of you who might be playing along at home, uh, down to where it says the midship. So I'll read uh, this, these couple paragraphs here because I think that they'll help you um, just, just get a, a better feel. Just as a parallel I, uh, parentheses, I like how he structured his page as the uh, essentially the, uh, the 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 way a boat would be structured, where the uh, the, the the first part is the bow, then it's the midship, and after that you've got the poop deck. And on a boat, there's sailor, there's seamen on the poop deck. But whatever. Um, <laughs> Gross. <laughs> sorry. Wow, we no, have turned we have turned into that podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You're welcome. <laughs> um, no, I, I just like the idea that he's kept like he he 
he's using the theme to structure his project page. And we've talked about having a well-structured project page is important. Now he doesn't, he, he, he's, he's using that theme throughout and that's something that's, that's helps the, again, hook. God, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. All right. You were, you were going to read some. Oh, yes. So I was down to the midship. And, you know, I totally agree, by the way, before I read this, um, his page seems to be set up well. And, you know, one thing that I actually really like about his particular campaign page is uh, there is uh, some substance, but you're not getting like bombarded with uh, you're not having to to scroll down and just keep reading and reading and reading for like, you know, 10 minutes before you ever get to your uh, chapter one or your sample pages or whatever. Um so you get a general idea, and then he's right there, bam, with the sample pages. And he has a video, which uh, back when, you know, we were one of the first people back when uh, I uh, picked this up, the video was not there, so I have not watched it yet. So might want to check that out. You might want to check that out, too. So anyway, the midship. James is tired of having life dictated to him. At 20 years old, he wants to be his own man. He wants to see the world and all it has to offer. Stowing away on his uncle's ship, however, he leaves London behind only to find himself on an uncharted island in the midst of a pirate crew. After escaping inland, he discovers a race of fairies and, bef- and befriends their queen. Soon, friendships turn to forbidden love with the penalty of death if they are discovered. James wants her to run away with him, but she is beholden to her people. If he stays with her, however, his chances of seeing the world are over and perhaps his very life as well. He has no idea he's even being hunted. So, um, that'll give you, that gives you a little bit of a, like a hook. <laughs> well, one of you the know, things that's... Gotta get a laugh track on this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's not. But one of the things that's interesting is that the, uh, if you read the, the first section is the praise for Captain mm-hmm. on the, in the, his section called the bow. The bow. Um, he's something from a whole... What is it? Hoder and Stoughton Publishers in the UK. He says, Artie writes Captain Hook sympathetically and engagingly, wanting to know how such a nice kid winds up being such an evil figure in the book's great draw. Is the book's great, great draw. And I, I have to agree. Like After listening to you read his, uh, his midship description, that's to me, that's, that's the, 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 the question that pops up. It's like, okay, where do we go from that kid that wants to stow away this bright-eyed, curious explorer and how does he become, you know, Captain Hook? Yeah, and, you know, I think that that's going to be the fun of this book, actually, you know, just figuring out how he goes from A to B, you know. And um, there's there's this, well, there's this feeling of being familiar with the character, like we were talking about before a little bit. And uh, also there's the feeling of we never really know knew who this person was. And so hopefully this is going to help shed some light. And I'm going to throw a theory out there. This is just a theory. I don't have any spoilers. I don't know. Okay. But I'm going to throw a theory out there and say it has something to do with his forbidden love. I'm just saying. It's a, <laughs> that's, that's pretty that's broad. A, that's right? a stretch. That's, <laughs> that's a, a stretch. stretch. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, then, then obviously comes a question very quickly after that is, is it going to be a cliche story of like, oh, they forgive a bit in love and increase bitterness, or is there going to be a twist? Is there going to be some something else on it? And just the subject matter makes me think that Artie is a bit more creative than just repeating the old trope of uh, of a broken heart turning, you know, making an evil man. 
Right. So I'm I'm very hopeful to see what that's gonna what that's gonna lead to. I am too. And you know, he's um got about uh, well, as of the recording here, he's got 69 days left, and he's at 100 pre-orders exactly. So um, I think that maybe you should check this book out because, well, I mean, it it's it is something that I think that is going to be be very. Um, what's the word I'm trying to think of here? Very be very. Uh, not easy to read, but uh, like a friend, like a, a good read, like a you know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm blanking I'm, out, I'm but def- you know what? I understand what I'm saying. Like, uh, it's going to be something that you're going to want to pick up, and you're going to want to um, sit down with it, and you're going to want to have it in your hands, and you're going to want to read it. And you can't do that if he doesn't make it to at least the Quill collection goal of 250 pre-orders. But there's plenty of time left with 69 days. Although, don't wait, don't sleep on this. Do it. Yeah, there, there's it there's no reason. Like one of the things about, and we don't necessarily talk about the mechanics of ink share that often. But one of the things that you need to remember is that you don't get charged until you until the book funds. So there's really no actual. There's no reason to wait and put off pre-ordering a book. Exactly. So if I mean, if you're someone who likes the whole like Peter Pan, Lost Boys uh, mythos and you're looking for that kind of extended universe feel to have more material and more background as one of the characters, this this is this is it. This is what you're looking for. So don't don't you know, wait around. Pick it up. Yes. And um, Artie, we're looking forward to it, buddy. I hope that uh, you reach your goal. I am very, very hopeful for this one because I, I really, I really think this could has a lot of potential. Um, and I mean, well, for- I, I don't know. I, I think you should just get it. I mean, like if I could go to your house and take your wallet, I would make you buy it, but I can't do that. So, well, I one of the plus things I'm lazy. I mean, one of the things I need to point out, like on for my um, for my case, I'm I'm in Canada right now. So yeah, or pre-ordering a book from Ink Shares today means that i have to take into consideration some pretty hefty delivery costs which is unfortunate and i know ink share is working to 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 find a work around that so i pre-ordered captain before that so i still get free shipping on captain if it funds so i have a vested interest <laughs> in seeing every book that i funded that i i i pre-ordered before the increase in delivery costs I have a vested interest in seeing these things funded because otherwise I have to pick another book and then I'm going to have to pay for shipping. So do me a favor and go pre-order Artie's book. And when it comes down to it, you know, I'm trying to build an ink shares library over here, people. So you need to be pre-ordering books because I have so many pre-ordered books. If they all, if they all hit their goal and a lot of them actually have, if they all hit their goal, then, you know, I want to have this, I want to build this library of InkShares books, Quill or the full InkShares funding, um, uh, publishing. Uh, you know, I want, I want that. I want to see you succeed and I want to help you do that, you know? So pick up Captain by, um, Artie, tell me again. Seavers. Seavers. I don't know why I can't get that. I'm sorry, Artie. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to be interesting is uh, we're going to get a message from him saying, um, it's not Seavers. <laughs> yes. And then we're going to say, well, we're sorry. I don't know. I'm not. You know what? If you want, if you, your name is hard to pronounce and you don't put a phonetic pronunciation when you write it down somewhere, that's not my problem. Says Jean-Francois Dubot. 
And that is why I go by the name Jeff. So <laughs> I also have a book to recommend. Okay, what you got? This was actually very interesting to me, and I can't believe I haven't picked it earlier. Not that I regret any of my prior decisions, but this is a book that Here's what happened. This is a book that participated in the Nerdist contest, if I remember clearly. I think I saw it very early on, like pretty much the, the same day or within a couple of days of when it was put uh, on, on Inkshares and introduced in the contest. And I went, hmm, this is a very good concept. Probably better than mine. Uh -oh, I'll hold nice. off a bit on pre-ordering it <laughs> because I'm a jerk. Uh, but I did pre-order it very, very soon thereafter because I wanted to see it, uh, see it actually fund because it's, it's an interesting story. Let me, uh, let me bring you up to the speed. Uh, immortality is dear. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? What's, what, what's the book called and who it's wrote it? It's called Terminal Magics. Oh, I haven't uh, said that. Oh, okay, no, sorry. sir. <laughs> I, sorry. The, the, the book is called Terminal Magics by B. Riggs, or I will call him Briggs because Briggs, yeah. I'm easily amused like a child. <laughs> and it is a, the, 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 I, I don't even want to bother with the one line uh, synopsis because I find that the, the longer synopsis is more interesting in how it brings the subject matter. All right. Okay. So immortality is dear bot. It's not easy teaching in the nation's worst schools and being a wizard on the side. So already urban fantasy. I'm hooked. Nice. Nathan Kulwicki thought he had it covered until a trip to the doctors brings him news of the worst kind. Cancer. Science says he won't see the start of another school year. So Nathan turns to magic for a cure. Already, right? Yes, and I can tell you, I did not order this, but it's getting my order right now as you're reading. Keep going. All right. He scours America, time, and unheard of dimensions to find a way to stay alive. A mysterious tome points the way to deadly dangers from before the fall of Rome. Warring cults of killers hold in secret which will allow Nathan to conquer not only cancer, but death itself. But will immortality cost Nathan his soul? Eternal Magic is a completed and revised urban fantasy novel. Enjoy the first chapter below or as an audiobook above as or on SoundCloud. Etc. 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 It is a super interesting premise because it, it it's interesting in its simplicity. Because if you take and we've seen this in so many fantasy stories where you have someone who knows there's magic. And then, oh, something terrible is happening. And you figure, yeah, but magic, right? He's mm -hmm. going to, they're going to magic a solution or there's, and they don't. And that's always been weird to me. Like as much as I love like the, the, the whole Harry Potter universe, there's a lot of weird things that I don't understand why they don't solve them with magic a lot more. Right. And I see I a guy, yeah, I, I see a guy who gets a diagnosis for cancer and knows that there's magic because he's a wizard on the side, which I just love the idea of being a wizard on the side. Right. You still got to do your day job of, of teaching in, in the nation's worst schools. But yet you're, you know, hey, what are you doing after work today? Let's go. Let's go get some drinks. Now I'm wizarding today. Sorry. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Nerd. Um, yeah. But but here, here's what's interesting. It's like just that tells you a lot about the character in a way that makes him sort of sympathetic. If the dude's a wizard and knows magic. But he's teaching in the nation's worst schools. Chances are he's not doing it because he has no choice. 
So I don't know if I'm hitting the right notes, but this is this is what I'm deducing from this short description. This is not a character. This is a character that's got like a good heart. He's obviously someone that you can sympathize with very easily, not just because he's got cancer, but because he's someone that voluntarily does good, even though he probably has access to the kind of power and, and means that could give him a, if not a more comfortable life, at least better conditions than having to teach in, in terrible schools. So this interests me. I, I, I'm something on my profile on Inkshare says that I'm, I'm an unabashed optimist. I like reading about the good people. And I like reading, like I'm, I'm a bit jaded, but I'm, I'm becoming a cynic of cynicism. <laughs> like when I see someone being Pretty really funny. cynical, I say, "Ah, oh, yeah, I've seen cynicism before. It's it's very nineties. Like I'm I'm <laughs> bored with cynicism at this point. So you need seeing, your flannel shirt and ripped jeans. All right, get out of here. Rick. Well, I I I need a flannel shirt that makes fun of flannel shirts somehow. <laughs> like I I need something to show how passe I think cynicism is." especially just fashionable cynicism, like someone who's a cynic, not because they actually believe in their own nihilistic point of view, but because, oh, no, that's what other people do. So I'm going to do that, too. But so to immediately, like like I said, like my first impression of the character, and I hope I'm not mistaken, <laughs> my first impression of the character is that we're dealing with a, a character who's essentially a good guy that gets terrible news and decides, well, you know, F it. I'm a goddamn wizard. I'm going to wizard my way out of this. And then he goes on this quest. Yeah, you know, like in Harry Potter, if if they had solved everything like that, I guess there wouldn't have been a giant series of books, you know? If they would have said, you know, hey, wizard, boom, done, solved every problem. Yeah, well, no, and, and that's, the, that's the inherent problem with anybody telling a story that involves magic is that it becomes... And that's that's why magic systems are a, a topic of discussion in fantasy that I think is fascinating and at the same time kind of headache inducing is that you need to set certain limitations. You can't have magic be too easy because if magic is too easy, you're removing conflict. If you remove conflict, then there's no adversity. If there's no adversity, there's no story. Yeah. And, you know, it's almost like um, it's almost like time travel in a story. It's kind of a similar idea because you can use time travel to fix everything too. You know, it just gets a little bit out of, uh, it can get out a little bit out of hand and, and then it gets a little bit confusing because, you know, well, why not use it for this? Why not do it for that? Well, what, what about this? You know, and it, it ends up being, being difficult to use in a story yeah, setting. You, in, for, for any of these really ultra powerful things, you need set rules. But yeah, the, the, exactly. The, you need set rules. But oddly enough, what, what I'm talking about for uh, for terminal magics, what's interesting to me is not necessarily like whether using rules or not. Is that there's more um, immortality usually when it's brought up in in and there's, someone's probably going to bring up an an example saying, mm, "JF, you totally should have read this. It's been existing for years." But the idea of solving the problem of one's mortality in a non-evil fashion, like not necessarily a Faustian back, uh, bargain or someone, oh, I'm inherently selfish and evil. Henceforth, I seek immortality, which is usually what you see. Like you, you, there's so many uh, villains in fantasy that seek immortality and that's what made, makes them villains. 
I like the idea that it's the hero seeking immortality and not immortality for its own sake, but immortality to because they've been sort of pushed to it by 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 circumstances and it, it brings up this interesting all, all these interesting questions and i'm curious what's going to happen to the character because he originally starts off looking for a cure and then stumbles on something that could be uh you know a, a way to become immortal how does that corrupt him does the the whole cost of his That's soul scare him like there's there's so many possibilities and i'm curious about him yeah, I was thinking that corruption could be could come into play here with this, uh, you know, out of this little short synopsis. I mean, uh, definitely, it's definitely a possibility. And you know, what's kind of funny here is like, um, as you're reading it, and as I was listening to you talk, I started uh, kind of um, thinking about, you know, what? Hey, we could do a crossover here. You know, ageless immortality. Bam! Come on now. So Nathan's going to show up in my book. In fact, I'm doing the line edits now. I'm going to rewrite it all. I'm going to rewrite the whole thing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you know what? We uh, we don't normally pick books that are so close to the deadline. So by the time that you actually hear this, which hopefully um, won't be too too long from now, uh, there won't be very many days. We're already in single digits here. Eight days left. Oh, wow. I had not noticed that. I, yeah. I see it as nine days on mine. Oh, really? Weird. That is weird. Yeah, I see it as eight strange. on mine. I had not. I, I knew he was close to the deadline, but I know it was that close to the deadline. All right, uh, people, forget every other book. Yes, forget pre-order every that other one. Book. It needs Seriously. another hundred seventeen pre-orders to uh, to get, which the, is totally uh, doable. And I pre-ordered just now, a few minutes ago, actually, um, because good. I really do good think point. that this is going to be an awesome book. Um, in fact, most of the books on Ink Shares really catch my eye. Most of them, you know. In fact, there's not very many that I ever saw that I've ever looked at where I was like, I don't know, you know. Some oh, of there, them, I guess. There's a few that I've yeah. that I've seen that I, and sometimes just thematically because I mean I don't like every type of books and right, right. Sometimes it just feels. Sometimes certain books just feel kind of redundant to me. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I feel like this has been done, and maybe maybe it's just me, but like. B- Rest assured, if I bring up a book on this podcast, is because I it, it, it's not an act of charity on my part. It's because I'm, I have an interest in that book. Oh yeah, no, that's that's not necessarily what I meant. I just meant that uh, I haven't seen anything that was just outright like I don't think this is going to be. I think this is going to be terrible. Which that's what I mean. I haven't seen anything that's like that. Um, oh, I so, have. There was really? This, uh, there was this book in the first uh, contest called Ageless. Oh, terrible. Hurts. Ah, zing. That hurts. No, but seriously, that's all right. I mean, I'm look, I make no secrets that I can be kind of an asshole, if I can say it that way. And I will I will gladly admit there are some books I've seen on Inkshares that did not seem very good to me. Um, but I'm not the one choosing. So it's the votes. That's the whole thing. The whole point of Inkshares is sort of crowd voted publishing. So I'm, 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 my opinion doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. And sometimes a book that I find maybe doesn't sound very good, I could be wrong just because of question of taste, you know, art. Oh, yeah, everybody's different. So, um, Terminal Magics by Briggs, B. Riggs, right? So, um, pick that one up and you need to do it within the next few days. We want to see this book funded because I think this is going to be a very, this is a very interesting premise. Um, so that brings us to our next segment. Which is, we're going to be reviewing the second document that you receive once you get published on Inkshares, which is the creative brief. It's a shorter document, but no less intimidating. Yeah, it's shorter, but it ended up being very long for me. 
um, by the time I had added all the information that I needed. So the creative brief, uh, the creative brief is, um, it's, it helps you. Well, I don't know. It helps you kind of helps them. I should say kind of understand your book without actually sitting down with the manuscript. I think that's probably a very loose way to look at it. I mean, you know, yeah, because uh, some people when, well, I, I don't know what the proportions are. Um, I know my book was completely finished when I, uh, once before I even got on InkShares, but I don't, I, I know that it's not the case for everyone. Yeah, like but, Joe is still, is still, I think he's still working on his manuscript. Is that correct? He might have finished I, it. No, I think he finished a manuscript and he's working on dev edits, but oh, really? he, okay. he was, uh, he was not done with the manuscript no. on, uh, on the day that his funding finished or that he, you know, got funded to, to the contest. The, um, but that's the thing, like they, they still need to know what the book is about in more details than what you put on the website so that they can start preparing and more importantly, like choosing their team, choosing who your A team is going to be Mm -hmm. to, uh, to take, to, 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 to bring the mission to a close. So yeah, so the creative brief is more on the side of helping, uh, helping them do the, the, the like I say, build the team and sort of start working on yeah. picking out art for the yeah, cover and all that. Book, yeah. Exactly. So uh, for me, um, one of the first things that you need to do, obviously you have to put who you are, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you had to give a, a short plot description. Now for me, I kind of went through and uh, sort of almost hit like, the big main point, I, I wanted to say every chapter, give them a little paragraph about every chapter, but that's not necessarily true. I hit all the big, like the major things that happen in the book, which honestly, as I was doing it, I was like, man, that's it. I kind of felt like that's it because there's only like eight paragraphs or something in this. But I was like, wow, it. Uh, I can sum it up a little smaller than I thought. But later on, we get even smaller. Is that this Is that this particular one? I can't even remember if that's this one where they're asking about the... Um, well, the, the 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 first section you've got kind of preliminary information, which is some of it is super easy. Like author, you should know your name. Yeah. Like title, subtitle, series title. They ask for ISBN, ebook print, like a, a bunch of very very general detail. Then they ask for your page count, which I recommend looking up how to calculate page count for a book, because most of us know how many words we've typed, but how many how how much. You know how how big how many pages that translates into once it's published into an actual physical novel. That's completely different. So a there, there's there's ways to to calculate it. A really really easy shorthand is that usually you have an average of 250 words per uh, per page. Um, you might want to look up different formats because the uh, Inkshare's books are a bit bit larger, so I think they're they, they have a few more pa- uh, words per page. But if you go with two hundred and fifty, like you'll be in the ballpark. And then under that, you have your short description slash plot synopsis, which, which I think what is what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Sorry, I skipped I skipped over those things because not that they're not useful. Um, I just wanted to skip them because I'm uh, I don't follow the rules. Ha, you're a rebel. I am yeah, a no, rebel. Well, the, the only one I wanted to stick on was the page count one because like just to drop this this uh, this bit of pseudo information about the 250 words per page because yeah. I, I miscalculated my own page I did count too. when I, I did initially too. did my campaign. You know, I did my, I, I on this page count thing here on this, uh, on the creative brief, I actually put the manuscript page count 
Um, cause I had printed out my own manuscript at, uh, I'm like, like the life engineered ageless was finished. Um, the manuscript was finished when it was, uh, the contest ended. And, uh, so I just put my manuscript page count, which is not your actual page count. If anybody mm-hmm. doesn't know that. So it'll usually be smaller than your actual page count. Really? Mine was larger. Oh, really? It was the formatting that I was in. Cause I wasn't, uh, uh um, what's it called? Courier. I think courier new. Is that right? Is that a is that a font? I don't even know. Courier is a okay. Well, okay. This is one of my t- t- pet peeves, and I need to let go of it because of the uh, mo- modern vernacular is changing away. But traditionally, uh, what you what we a lot of people call fonts, like Comic Sans and uh, Times New Roman, mm-hmm. those are typefaces. Typeface, yeah, you're right. A font is uh, bold or yeah. italic. Yeah, you're right. But I'm sorry. I am. No, no, it's, it's fine. I, I, I need to do <laughs> the definition is slowly changing and language is an ever evolving thing. So I, I need to get over myself. It's just I get really angry when when people start complaining about a font like, oh, that font is ugly. My usually rea- my usual reaction is, hey, when you can tell the difference between a font and a typeface, maybe you'll be allowed to have an opinion on it. Otherwise, shut up. But wow, that's Dave, just, I'm that's sorry. Just I heard your feelings. <laughs> it's just me being a. <laughs> See, this is why like graphic design brings the worst out of me. <laughs> I'm much, much calmer about writing. Okay, so, then let's stick with this. <laughs> so the let's... next section talks about your target audience, which is something that I was actually super comfortable answering. Surprisingly. I was not comfortable at all. And most of you probably, well, I don't know, maybe you do. I had no idea. I have tricks. Yes, tell me some tricks. Because here's what I got. I got seven different types of readers. And I was like, I have no idea. But I just looked at the book itself. And I was like, hmm, let me see if I can figure it out. Because, you know, being a first time author, like this is my actual, actual first full length novel. I was like, I don't know. When I sat down to write this, I wanted to write a story that was in my head. I needed to get it out. It was it was like banging on the back of my eyes trying to get out and I needed to let it out. So this was very foreign to me. This was very new new for me. Do you want to hear the trick? Yeah, so what's your trick? Right. So since you're going to be doing a crowdfunding p- campaign anyways, I highly recommend that you create a uh, an author page on Facebook and start doing your, your social media. We've talked about this as ways of getting people interested. And this is very important that you try to get as many of your pre-order people and as many of your readers, especially the readers that have bought the book, not because you're, they're your aunt or your cousin, but because they're interested in the book mm-hmm. to go on that page and just like that page. And anybody that's interested, even if they haven't pre-ordered, if they're interested in the book, you want them to like that page. Because then you can go into the information, the meta information of your author page on Facebook, and it will tell you the percentage of male to female. It will tell you the percentage of age groups. And then you can dissect that information so that you can answer surprisingly precisely who your target audience is as far as these demographics are concerned. After that, you can fluff that up. And some, sometimes you can get some really weird surprises from that. But then afterwards, you can fluff that up with the information that you already know about specific people that have given you comments. Like for me, the life engineered, sorry, guys, it seems to appeal more to women, <laughs> oddly enough. Life engineered is because it's got some 
interesting. Like it's got a different spin on science fiction. So much more positive, less gritty tale of science fiction. It's got some very, uh, very strong overarching themes of motherhood. And although I didn't plan it that way, I didn't write for marketing. This tends to, this tended, and it's maybe stereotypical, but it tended to appeal more to women in from their, from the thirties to late forties. And this is what my demographics showed. So it's, I'm happy about that because I feel it's a demographic that doesn't get targeted much by science fiction writers, which is a shame because everybody should read science fiction, but it's a way of drilling down to figuring out who your, uh, who your audience is. Well, you know, the interesting thing is while while you were um, telling everyone uh, how to do that and, and giving them that tip about creating an author page, I actually have a, a Facebook page just for Ageless. And ladies are winning out here too. 58% of the people of the fans that have liked this page are females. 41% are males. So uh, it's, it's, it's not... Well, he, okay. There, there's a bit of things uh, about the mathematics of it. You have to be careful that your differences need to be like in the 15% or more because, yeah. well, there's a couple of things. Women use Facebook more, so oh. they're more likely to like, like your Facebook page. Um, another thing is that your the people who like your, uh, your, your book page will be skewed towards the proportions of who your friends are because you're going to get a lot of these friends that you recommended like your page anyways. So you need to take a lot of these things into account and sort of adjust your impressions of your percentages accordingly. But it's still better than guessing. Yes, it is. And, you know, like you said, it could be skewed a little bit. And, you know, for me personally, I was like, I have no idea. I have no idea. But from the sound of the percentages you give me, that sounds like broad appeal. Like just between, like there's no there's no specific gender to which the book appeals more. Uh, and I guess not. But I mean, maybe but that's not bad. Usually science no, fiction tends not. to appeal to appeal to male readers more and which is a shame, like I said. And uh, if you have not, Ageless by Paul Inman, Facebook, come like the page. Come like that. I mean, hey, why not? I pl- push myself, plug myself as much as I can, right? And, no, uh, you have to. It's an unfortunate JF2. fact, but you have to. You have an author page, right? Yeah, I'll plug it at the end. <laughs> I plug it all over the place, baby. It doesn't even matter. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so anyway, you got any other tips? Right uh, that's a good tip. There, I would, I would say if you're the kind of person who does better reader, reading, Ask mm-hmm. the people who better read your book. They've read the book. They know what it's about. They know the, your, your deep, dark secrets. So they'll be able to tell you. It's like, like I, I liked it because of that. And any compliment about your book is a hint to the dem- demographic it's going to appeal to. Someone who says, oh, man, I really like how you got the, uh, the, the, the hacking on your sci-fi cyberpunk novel. It seems very accurate and realistic to me. Well, okay, there you go. Technologically minded people are ch- have better chance of liking your book than they would, say, a fantasy book. Because it has that level of accuracy or someone who says, like in the case of life engineering, people said, yeah, I like how you approach like the, uh, the, the whole mudhood team and how you have these characters who are really concerned about their creations, whether it's humans creating robots, robots creating other robots. Like that's that to me also pointed to, oh, well, this is a thing in my book. So listen to the listen to the people who have read your story they'll give you very, very good hints as to what to focus on as far as your demographics. 
Yeah, that's 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 good tips. And you know, again, like uh, JF's got lots of good tips. I don't have any tips because I have no idea. I had no. I work idea in after. marketing. Yes, so there you go. I do not work in marketing. In fact, I work with a bunch of uh, kids all day long. So I was like, the kids might like it, but then again, I was like, no, they won't because it's a little too old for them. I think. But anyway, so. Uh, just to round that out, there's a couple little sections there. What do you think your percentage versus female versus male is? And you have to answer that question. And I actually answered it the opposite of what I just told you, which is kind of funny because it's almost exactly the same numbers. I said 60 male, 40 uh, female. And it's really almost 60 female on Facebook and almost 40 male. That's kind of interesting to me. And then, you know, do an age range, I guess is what they want, age and years. For me, because of the nature of ageless and that it takes place over a, a span of, you know, close to 100 years, um, I kind of put an age range of uh, uh, pretty young to pretty old because there may be something in there for someone who, you know, lived during a certain decade that I, I go into and, you know, they may be feel like, you know, that it appeals to them is what I'm trying to say. So I didn't know how to answer that either. But which which is cool but here's the warning i'm going to give and, and you this, take it you take it as you want i know exactly what you're <laughs> going to say cuz now looking back now i'm like i did nothing except for say everybody should read the book and that doesn't work you know exactly because at that point you're basically telling the people who are going to be working on your marketing i don't know you're on your own mm-hmm. which does not help them and means no, it bad. means that they have to cast a broader net and the broader the net is the looser it is and Mm -hmm. the less people it'll be able to actually catch. This is why targeted marketing, as much as some people think it's a bad thing, it's actually a very good thing because it puts the product that people want in their hands instead of trying to put a product that they don't want in their hands. And the wider the net, the the larger the chances are that you'll be... Here's here's a worst case scenario about casting too wide a net in marketing, especially for a book. If your book hands out, ends up in the wrong hands of the the wrong hands of the right person, it can cause a lot of damage because you're no one has a book that will appeal to hundred percent of people, right? But what if your book ends up in the hands of this guy who has a huge audience, and because he's not your target audience for some reason, he hates it. Yes. And, you know, and then talks about how much he hates it. And I totally agree with what you're saying. And, you know, I can, I can imagine myself as a listener of our podcast going, duh, Paul, what is wrong with you? You're so stupid. And no, I'm no, like, no, 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 no. See, I understand what you, because I, I went through these steps the same way you did. It's just I'm lucky enough to have had the experience of working in marketing to be able to take a few extra steps because you, I mean, you want everybody to read your book. That's the norm. Right. That's a normal response. Right. Well, you know, that's what that's what I was actually getting to because I don't have any experience with how to understand uh, how to understand how to pick a target audience and I don't have any um ex- I didn't have any experience doing that. I did the best that I could and it's like you said you want as a as a creator, you want everybody to soak it up, okay? But for those of you listening, try to understand what I'm going to say. You need to work really hard. And like JF said, you need to get some information from some of those readers that you have or from something like the Facebook um, 
uh, author page, you need to have something a little more focused because I did not. Not that that's a bad thing. I mean, they're, they're definitely working with me and everything, but because I'm a little bit less focused than, let's say, JF, uh, I'm, I may not have the same opportunities um, that JF is currently having, which he cannot tell you about. <laughs> well, I'm not getting on. Well, no, that's the, the thing I'm is, I'm, I'm further almost I'm, every week. You're like, I have something cool, <laughs> but I can't tell you about it. <laughs> it, it does happen a lot. It does. Hey, but, that's good, though. That's but the good. thing is, I, I'm getting these cool things not necessarily because of any particular merit of, on my part, but because I'm further along on, in the process than you are. So, well, possibly. Don't beat yourself up. No, anyway. I'm not. I'm not. Design so, an image. Yes. Next question. This next part was one of the parts that was one of the coolest parts for me, I think. See, this is one one of the ones I kind of struggle with because really? and it my story is weird. So here's the question. It says design image. Please feel free to describe or link embedded ideas into document. Please choose at least one selection. And first of all, I had trouble understanding the question. Yeah, it is worded very it's kind of worded a little weird. But essentially, if I'm not mistaken, this is a question where you're supposed to talk about the it's it's not the cover because the cover comes in later. But see, but I did the cover here because I didn't I didn't have a clue because the because the question was a little bit weird, right? Yeah. So and you know, again, I've never designed personally. I know you had put some out on CreateSpace, but I had never designed a book at all. I'm like, I don't know, just make it a PDF, then you print it on paper. I have no idea, you know. So. I what I did is I initially answered the cover question in mm-hmm. that question, and then later That's what when I, I saw the other cover question, I copied and pasted this one, and then had to re-answer this one. And I, from my understanding of the question, is that the they're looking for the overall image, not necessarily specifically the cover, right. but what you're. And this is very nebulous, but basically, like they say, like. Because they go through everything, like painting, photography, illustration, typographic. It's eh, it's 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 an oddly word question. It really is. But um, you know, for me personally, this is where I answered the cover design question, and I actually put a whole lot of different ideas that I had, which ended up um, we ended up using combination of ideas um, on the actual cover that just finished recently. So. Mm-hmm. My my problem is I already had a very specific idea of everything regarding my cover. Right. I I I knew what I wanted on it because I I had already painted my cover and I knew what I knew that if I wanted it better and I was really willing to invest, I didn't have to in the end, but I was really willing to invest in hiring a very specific artist mm-hmm. to do my cover. And that's, that is what happened. I got the artist I wanted. He did the cover and I think it's the, the most beautiful thing ever. So that's, that's why the, the whole design thing was kind of difficult for me because I had very set ideas, but at the same time, I know as a designer myself that this is going to a designer and receiving very set instructions as a designer isn't always cool because you're, I mean, you chose design to be creative yeah, exactly. So having that that jerk of a client tell you exactly what to do can be difficult. JF, jerk of a client. That, yeah, actually. <laughs> Were you really? I, I, I hope you that. weren't. No, 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 no. Well, in the end, I decided, like, I gave him all the material I had. I said, this is the logo I made. These are the graphic ele- elements I used in my version. Use them if you want to. If you do not, do as you will. And I got the cover 
illustration done by my friend Eric Bellel, who is an amazing illustrator. Look him up. And once I got the cover, they they took it, and then I, then I stepped back as a designer and let Elsie, the, the the designer from Girl Friday, come up with her own ideas using the cover and using what she knew about the book. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. And I did not have anyone that I could uh, turn to. Well, I don't want to say I didn't have anyone, but I had very few people. So I just kind of, um, gave them all my, my ideas. And then, uh, his, uh, the man who worked on his name was Mark Cohen, which, uh, apparently he's been doing cover design since the early eighties. So he's been around for a while, but anyway, his design company, uh, I guess it's MJC Designs or something along those lines, uh, came up with, took the ideas that I had and came up with a, I don't know, maybe half a dozen design ideas. And uh, actually, when I first got each design idea, I um, tweeted it out to uh, through a direct message to a bunch of you guys. Um, yep, you, you got it. Commenting on that. Yeah, and then I just wanted to get opinions of what everybody thought, you know, of some um, some people who are kind of quote unquote contemporaries, you know what I mean? So, um, and uh, then I kind of, the overwhelming majority, not everyone, but the overwhelming majority was kind of like uh, chose the one that ended up being per- basically the cover it is now. So just we, we've been, we tweaked it. And you know what? I must have went through, and this is crazy to me. I must have went through 11 revisions and it was always little teeny things. You know what I mean? Because you had an um, illustrator, uh, did you have to do a lot of back and forth directly with the, with uh, what's the name again? With uh, the illustrator or the designer? No, no, sorry. The, the designer or no, um, the illustrator. No, because, okay, here's the thing. My designer, my illustrator, uh, Eric, is one of my better readers. And not only is he a better reader, and this is why I wanted him to do the cover, because he's one of the first better readers that came back, not just approving of the book with a few comments, but as a fan of the book Mm -hmm. and an understanding of the story I was was, uh, writing. So I knew that artist to artist... I could tell him, draw this character with this emotion in this setting and that he would come up with something incredible. So he did a few sketches, submitted those. And then I said, yes, this is the right direction. Emphasize, like put more emphasis on this. And I'd like to see like this detail. And he came back with a uh, a final version. He said, "I, I can tweak whatever you want. And I said, no, don't tweak anything. It's perfect. Really? That's that's amazing. Because uh, don't get me wrong now, there was a lot of stuff that was really good. And also, uh, for those of you listening, 11 is unusual. They said, let's try to do this in two or three. And I said, awesome, I can do that. And then two or three came and I was like, yeah, this is good. I like it. Um, and they're like, what? What do you want? No, it wasn't like that at all. They were like, yeah, we can probably try that. Let's try it. So, And, and it was very... It was very organic. There wasn't a lot of like, um, I don't think that uh, we need to do anymore. Uh, I think that we're done. Uh, it wasn't like that at all. They were like, yeah, we want to make it the way you want it. We want it to be as good as you want it. But remember, that's not necessarily standard practices here. They they want it to be done in a couple of revisions. So those of you getting into the Inkshares publishing tier, um, try to be a little more focused about that than I was, <laughs> apparently. So um, 
the next particular section. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add about that particular that last? Well, actually, I'm going to add one thing because it covers one of the future questions because we're going to be going back to covers. And I, I, I figure we might as well f- close the chapter on covers. Yeah, yeah. You're so right. that we, when we get to those questions, we can just like move, uh, move past them. So uh, another thing that you might want to start looking into, and if if you've been working on getting something visually interesting for your campaign, as you should, if you have a boring cover on your campaign, it's harder to drum up interest. But you might want to look at other covers, covers from other books that other people have published that you think resonate, that look good, that have visual elements that appeal to you and that you feel matches with your book and your story. Uh, That way you can supply them, even if they're not book covers, it can just be illustrations or images. You don't need to have the right to use them because they're not going to use these illustrations. It's just to give the artists and designers an idea of what you like and what you're looking for. And if you can annotate these uh, these ideas and say, I like, the, I, like, I like the typographical design on this. I like the colors of that. I like the position, the character on this one. This will give them a much more rounded idea of what they can do that's going to match both your taste and with the rest of the information that we're going to talk about, they'll also know if what you're asking them to do fits with the demographic and the, uh, the, 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 the target audience that you're aiming for. Right. Right. Um, that's, that's, that's great. And matter of fact, there was one that I, I really picked out that I really liked, which we ended up not necessarily using, uh, some of these ideas, but one that I really liked is a, a book called normal, um, by Graham Cameron. I think that's how you say his name. It's spelled kind of weird. G a G R a E M E Graham. Yeah, Graham Cameron. Um, and that was just a really neat cover. And it, and it's, it wasn't much to it. It was just a bunch of, uh, I guess, it, I don't want to say dead trees, but trees with no um, foliage on them. And normal was just kind of interwoven through the branches, the word itself. So it was kind of like, um, they. Be, it's almost like normal was behind the trees, sort of. You know, so it, it was just a neat thing. And I just was like, you know, I like I like the way this is. And, and like I said, it ultimately didn't end up didn't end up getting used um, for my cover. But, you know, I picked maybe five or six different covers there that I was like, you know, I could see uh, something like this, uh, maybe perhaps being the cover of Ageless. And you, you want to like 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 JF said, you know, the colors, the color scheme for, for ageless, honestly, there's not a whole lot of color. And I, I kind of did that on purpose. I wanted it to be that little like stark, like, um, uh, absence almost of color other than the, the, the red in the word ageless. If you haven't seen the cover, it's on ink shares. If you wanted to check it out. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. I, I totally agree. Find something that you like, go out. In fact, what I did is, uh, what I did was I went to, our local Barnes and Noble. And I spent like an hour walking around with my cell phone, just taking pictures of books that I really thought the covers was, was interesting and visually appealing and, and colors, uh, good color schemes and, um, good, not fonts, but typeface. (laughs) Right, Jeff. So, uh, I did that and I, I had honestly, when I was done, I had probably 30 book covers, um, that I could choose from. And then I ultimately, uh, narrowed it down to probably about six, so, and then that's what I added to my creative brief. And I said, here's why I like this one because of these colors. And this is why I like this one because of blah, 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 you know? So, you know, take some time and really like think, think it through. 
So the, the next point. The next oh, one, sorry, yes. You, you had something to add? No, I was just going to say, I was going to actually say exactly what you said. The, yeah, next, the next part, section. So next one, they, and this, this goes kind of hand in hand with what we were talking about, but they're also, they give you a bunch of options, is the tone that you want the design to convey. And this, the choice of words is very, very important. Not, this is not the tone that you like or the tone that you enjoy. This is a tone that you want the design to convey. You, this is the emotional impact that you want people to have when they first see your book, which should go hands in hand with what your book itself conveys as an emotion. Right. They have, they have, uh, they say to check as a, the those that most apply to the book and they have a list of things like rational, emotional, conservative, innovative, modern, historical, sensual, factual, commercial, upmarket, su- suspense, desire, cheerful, serious, dark, light, loud, and quiet. And in, in, I, I ended up adding a few things myself, if I remember clearly, such as contemplative. But essentially, right. you, this, this is the, 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 the emotional takeaway that you want people to have for your book. You do not want, this isn't the place where you want to trick people. So if you have a scary book, but that start, starts out whimsical, you want scary and whimsical in that checklist. Mm-hmm. You don't just want to say, oh, it's whimsical and haha, they'll pick it up and then they'd be scared. No, this, cause, People don't like being tricked into buying a product that they don't want. Somehow it resonates negatively with them. So you, uh, you, you want to be honest with what you're looking for. And another thing, don't be afraid to use contradictory things if that's what works for you. If your book moves from dark to light, check both of these in because the artist will pick up on that contrast and use it in their, in their design. So just out of curiosity... What's uh? Give me two that you checked. Just two. I used from the list. Now I know you added some. Give me, give me two from the list that was provided. Oh, from the list. Hmm. Or well, if you I, didn't use any of those, I guess you don't have I to use the list. Trying to remember, I'd, I need to open my actual uh, my actual doc document, and I think that's on my other computer. Oh, I, I thought you had it in front of you. Oh, never mind then. No. I have I have the but I have the the blank creative right, brief right. in front of me. I have I think I used innovative, and I think I used um, yeah, I think I, I I think that's pretty much all I used was uh, was uh, innovative really? because it's all about like the robots and things. Yeah. You know, I'll give you two that I chose because I'm looking at my actual one that I that I sent to them. I chose historical and modern. I did what you said to do with the dark and the light because my book sp- spans you know 100 years from the past up into the f- uh, the uh, immediate future. You know, like the near future. So I checked them both because I was interested to see, you know what they would come up with. But anyway, so moving on, uh, but take some time and really think about what your book, I mean, your design, ha, I should say. There you go. Boom. I got it right in front you of You got me. it? Yeah. So what well, I chose, I chose emotional, modern, quiet, and added contemplative. Nice. Nice. Um, take some time, figure out what tone you want your, good. your design to convey. Really? I mean, 
So well, any any of these, you need to uh, to take the time. Like you're, I think they give you at least a week. Take that time. Like you don't need to uh, to send all that back to them immediately. Yeah, and I actually but, took two weeks to do all of this stuff. I I dimmed them all and sent them all at once. So uh, the next section, um, are you ready to go on next section? Yeah, this uh, th- this one is actually probably one of the easiest one. I yes, think. I thought it was pretty easy too. Now I had a lot. A lot to put in here because they ask for a lot, honestly. This section is all about setting, physical descriptions, and the ages of the main main characters. Um, and since Ageless was is such a, like an expansive kind of book, because uh, in comparison, you said your story lasts about uh, time-wise. How long does your, your actual story take place over? How, what's the period of time? I thought you said a couple of weeks at one point. This, yeah, this, the, the whole story lasts... If you don't take into account some of the virtual elements of it, right. the whole story lasts maybe like uh, two or three weeks, a month at worst with travel time. Well, you know, as I just said, Ageless is over almost, basically 100 years pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a whole lot that had to go into setting, for example, um, because my characters over that period of time are all over the place. I mean, they're all over the world. Well, not all over the world, but they're in different parts of the world. They're in different parts of the United States. So there's a lot of, you know, different settings that ha- happen, including Canada. I used your home country, sir. It's a huge country. It is a huge It would be country. weird if you didn't. <laughs> it is a huge country. So then um, I went into the descriptions of each of my characters, and I didn't, I didn't know how much they wanted. So I have, a, for, the, for the main characters... I have, I don't know how many main characters, approximately 10 or so main characters, like what I would call main characters, you know, maybe, maybe a little less, eight. Um, I went into pretty, pretty detailed about them, you know, a uh, paragraph or sometimes two paragraphs about each one of them, you know, just describing who they are, what they look like, their age, you know, what, um, Maybe a little bit about who they are as a, as a person and emotionally. And I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a bit of a jerk here and uh, say, if you have trouble describing your main character in this brief, you sure you want to be a writer? Yeah, this one should be pretty easy. This one it, is it should easy. it should be like fairly straightforward if you're writing. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I said, I didn't know how much they wanted or, or like I didn't know how they wanted a format because they they don't tell you any of that. They just say, do this, you know, and you just do it. Right. And I, I'll, I'll be honest, like I'll fess up that I probably answered this wrong because the only things I described was what I expected to see on the cover because oh. I had such a very specific idea of what I want the cover to be. And I knew I already knew the procedure I want to follow to to get that cover. So, see, I, th- I was assuming that they were talking about the entire book. Um, here and I'm not sure. No, and it probably is about the entire book, and that's why I say I probably answered this wrong. Well, I did. I basically did the entire book. Um, all of my even my secondary and and tertiary characters. You know, I even went in that in that far in depth. But now I didn't. I wasn't describing these like person who shows up for three pages and never is back again. You know what I mean? Like the guy at the convenience store. You know, I didn't. I didn't give his whole backstory about how. You know, he, his family is homeless and he's working seven jobs to make ends meet. You know, I don't know. But uh, um, yeah, so you're right. That one's pretty easy, straightforward. Now, it, it did. Uh, I did put a lot because of, you know, I got a lot of stuff going on, but I put a lot there. 
And then the last, is it, is this the last one? No, it's not the last one. The next one is actually a, the cover one again, which we kind of already covered, no pun, um, already. And then after that, you have any additional cover elements desired, like um, quotes or best-selling author or, in your case, um, sword and laser contest winner. Yeah, in, in the case of that book, Election. I just wrote not a, not applicable because I have I had none of these accolades at that point. Uh, now I have like the sword and laser thing, and so so until until you actually have something to add, if you're someone who already published, let's say you are, let's say you published a best selling novel already, while well, you want to have a, a cover element that says best selling author of whatever that the name of your uh, best selling novel is. Right. And uh, then we'll just move right along because I didn't I didn't have anything to put there either, um, because obviously first time first time author here and, you know, no accolades to mention. But just just before we move on to the parentheses, like if if you do have accolades that you can put on your cover, don't don't like hesitate. Don't be shy. Don't don't be modest. Just do it. This is this is important. Well, I'm going to actually I'm going to in fact, I'm going to email Avalon tonight and ask her if I can put on there, you know, um, co-host of the Right Brain podcast, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't I don't know if we have the audience where that would have a positive impact. I, I figured that anybody that's listening to us is a, has already been generous enough to uh, to 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 pre-order our books, but okay. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure that you I'm sure they have to. Uh I'm, I'm obviously just joking. Uh so let's move on to the next one. There's um additional cover comments. Now, it's um any personal preferences or any things to avoid. Um, stuff like that. And for me, I only wrote one sentence here. I only wrote one sentence and it, and it was, I prefer things to be more photorealistic than not, you know, because I personally like, it's just a personal preference. And it's not that I don't like other stuff. It's just for me, I kind of like things to be a little bit more look real. I don't know. Real is, you know, subjective, I guess, um, because a painting can look real, but, um, I personally prefer like, well, like the ageless cover now is a picture of uh, a young woman's face or, or half of her face. And I prefer to, to have like a real person rather than like a drawing or a, uh, a painting or something along those lines. Not that I don't like that because I truly do like that. Um, I just prefer this. And that's really all I, all I put on there. Did you, did you have any comments for that particular one? Oh yes, I did <laughs> a lot. There, there, there. Well, it's because there were some f- very specific things that I wanted to see, and more importantly, some specific things I did not want to see. Really? Um, because I figured that the designer would not have read the book, and the fact that the book features in the main storyline no living human beings or anything alive except from robots and artificial creatures. I wanted no human elements, no no ruins in the background. If there's like, I was very very wary about the idea of having a spaceship that would look like it's designed to accommodate human life forms. I wanted to avoid anything alive, like no forests, no animals, nothing. It needed to no living I, anything, no living anything, because wow. the book has none of that, and that would be misleading in the worst possible way. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I, I also mentioned that I, I would be supplying them with all the, uh, the logos and things I've already d- had already done. They didn't get used, but that's fine with me. Like what we got looks fantastic. So I'm happy. And it does I, look fantastic. I also pointed out that I was 
happy with my current version of the cover, but I would like to see something maybe cleaner or nicer or more professional looking than what I had. So basically just a a set of instruction that kind of mimics and goes hand in hand with what I, I had already done and what I was expecting the process would be. And then because uh, I am a teacher, I had to finish it off with the with the whole teachery thing saying thank you for everything that you do. Because I truly do thank these people because they are working hard. All of them um, from Girl Friday and Inkshares are working very hard to make sure that the product they put out is quality product, is, is, is a, something good and professional level and something that, um, well, you know, is is fit to sit on a bookshelf with the rest of the books, you know? Mm-hmm. So exactly. I am very thankful for what they do. As am I. So that's pretty much covers the entirety of the, uh, the creative brief. Uh, it, this is one of those things that you can start thinking long ahead of schedule. Oh, yeah. Without even before. And none of the information that you come up with in a creative for a creative brief or any of the questions that we've addressed is going to be wasted because where whoever you end up working with, wherever you end up publishing, whenever you end up publishing, this is information that's going to be useful to someone. So start giving it some thought now because it's going to, it's going to become relevant. So Paul, oh, yes, sorry, sir. do you have anything to add? Oh no, I was just going to say, I agree. I totally agree with you. And uh, um, JF, I'm going to beat you to the punch here. You have stuff that, is on the interwebs what what kind of stuff do you have and where can people get these things and see you and etc etc you know i want people to go pre-order my fantasy horror novel a god in the shed because i really the more we talk the more paul and i have been talking about our experiences through this adventure of publishing the hungrier I am getting to fill out a new creative brief and a new marketing brief for another another book. Because the whole process, if if you're a creative like Paul and I and you want your stories to be told, this entire process is educational, but it's also a lot of fun. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, so much fun. So do me a favor and help me uh, help, help me get into another uh, another cycle of absolute joy by pre-ordering God in the Shed. You can go find a link for that. Either you can search for it on inkshares.com or you can go to jfdubo.com slash books and you'll find links for it there. But yeah, go 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 pre-order it. If you've pre-ordered it, find someone else who's into fantasy horror. It's uh, I've been told it's a good book. I like it. I enjoy the characters I wrote. And I want to start pressuring people so I can reach my uh, my funding goal. And I can say, um, having read uh, the what is it the preface prologue? You, the you, prologue, yeah, you did prologue. an amazing reading of the Thank prologue. You. That's on, on, and you can listen to that on the uh, the project page on Inkshare. Paul did an amazing job with that. Um, having read that, and I enjoyed reading it. By the way, in fact, I, I contacted you, and I, after I read it, you know, to myself, I contacted you, and I was like, "Hey, man." I would like to do a recording of this if you don't mind. And you were Which like, was sure. super flattering." Yeah, yeah, and uh, I really enjoyed reading, it. and it's it's very cool, and I, I really enjoyed it. And um, I'm really interested to find out what happens. So if if you, well, you're definitely in the quill already, right? The quill collection. Um, I'm definitely in the quill collection, but I. This is gonna sound terrible. I'm greedy. Yes. Because well, there's I no mean, reason not to be. I mean. 
we want to make seen, we've seen the differences between the quill and the the, the whole there's a lot about the developmental edits mm-hmm. that I enjoyed and learned so much from that process that I want that part again the you know the ego crushing uh, section of publishing where they tell you what you do wrong it is it is difficult but it is one of those things that going through it felt hard but once through it I look back on the process fondly and I want that experience again well yeah and I I would I want you to have it because I want to find out what happens and I could just ask him if I could read the book but um I actually want, I want, uh, I want to see a God in the Shed make it all the way to the ink shares. But I'll be happy if it is in the quill. I am happy that it is in the quill. But uh, I want to see it get all the way there. So if you have not pre-ordered, pre-order, it's phenomenal so far. At least what I've read, it's phenomenal. I like it a lot. And um, yeah, so uh, JF, you also have a Twitter. I do have a Twitter. It's at JF Dubo. You have a Twitter. I do. You it, have a website. I do. Tell and, us about uh, these things. These things are, you know, just like everybody else's Twitter and website, except for you go to the website by going to paulinmansc.com, P-A-U-L-I-N-M-A-N, the letters S and C, dot com. And uh, on Twitter, it's the same thing, except for you put an at sign in front of it, at paulinmansc. So uh, follow me on Twitter. Check out the website. Um, you can find Ageless. There is a link to pre-order on the website, or you can go through InkShares and pre-order with them, or you can pre-order on Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, um, other places that I can't think of right now. There, are, It's out there so many places. I just, uh, I don't know. Just You can even Google it if you want. You'll find it. It'll be right there on the main Google page. You can get that for as low as... Eight ninety nine, and I would Sounds like you. Like a good deal. I would like you to pick it up if you would like to read it. It, it is. Uh, I hope it's going to be good for you. I mean, I can't pick uh, my uh, demographics, so I have no idea. You could be an eighty <laughs> year old woman, or you could be a fifteen year old boy. It doesn't matter for me. I don't care. But, I'm going to assume that anybody that's listening to this podcast is going to be the, the, the correct demographic for it. Yes, I would think so too. So. Um, yeah, check it out. And uh, we we always, JF, speaking for JF too, uh, we always appreciate you taking the time to listen. And we hope that this has been informative for you. And all of our podcasts have been informative, we hope. And uh, I think that about wraps us up for this week, JF. It does. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>